I know the kind of what I apologize. I was about to say, I know the basics of bonds. I'm just learning more and more about them. Uh, I'm taking a few courses on it. And uh, so I'm just starting to learn that. And like what you're saying makes sense. Right. Yeah. So exactly. And, you know, basically, you know, bond prices are weird too, because you see yields, right? You see yields at 130 or whatever. The 10 year, the 10 year support and resistance level apparently is 130 right now or whatever. Um, I I think it's the, yeah, the resistance level is 130. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what causes a bond yield go up? Well, the bond becomes less valuable. Nobody wants the bond, so it goes up. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens, how does the bond yield go down when well, the bond becomes more expensive? So if the government issues a bunch of 10-year bonds, you know, that's going to make the value of the bond less valuable, thus making the yield go up, right? So if they announce, hey, we're issuing a bunch of 10-year bonds, and it's like, well, now the yield for that 10-year bond, for that 10-year bond is going to go up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, one of the ways they can, you know, kind of shock the supply of, mm-hmm. of, of a certain bond, you know? Yeah. No. Um, I'm a little bit worried about, honestly, this, uh, this new variant, not about actually the variant itself, but what it's going to do because number one, transitory inflation. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> fun thing to talk about. I mean, it was going to be two months, right? Something like that. Two to three months. I, I, Transitory is is a very loosely used <laughs> term, right? Because how like, think, of, think about it this way: How long is the transition, right? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> well, that's is this a, originally is this a five-year transition, or is this a yeah, you know, or is this a two-month transition, right? I can almost I'd put a lot of money. Actually, I have put a lot of money on it being at least over a year. Well. What do they say? They're not going to lift rates until 2025. And then, oh, wait, we're not going to lift rates until 2024. And then, oh, wait, we need to lift weight rates by 2023. And I think it even came down to 2022 was the most recent one he mm-hmm. said was that's when we need to lift interest. I bet um, it's going to change because with the new variant, it's change. they're going to be no. like, oh, we got to push it out. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's the thing is, um, you know, I think I think with the new variant, the only way that they're uh, that's that's kind of a tough thing because I, I i personally think interest rates going up would be i don't know how the market would react to that first first and foremost and i think anymore there's so much pressure on the chairman of the federal reserve to consider and it used to not be like this but at one mm-hmm. point but now it's like the chairman has to consider what's going to happen to the rest of the market to lift interest oh that's um, gonna be ugly yeah it's already ugly now you yeah know, well, you- and i th- yeah and i think I don't know if there's going to be a sell-off and I, and if there is a sell-off, I don't know how fast. So I, I don't know what the acceleration towards the downside is going to be. Markets aren't like reacting the same and they're adapting really quickly from what well, I've seen. They, they are, they are and they aren't, but like markets are just good at overreacting because there's are. too many retail investors and, not, and they definitely and have that, a dip. Yeah. And I say that like, it's a bad thing. Like there's too many retail investors. And I think it's, first of all, I think it's great for people to invest, but mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't like the idea of everybody trading, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's a difference between trading and investing. I get exactly and, what you're talking about. Like someone just going, Oh, I heard about this. So we're all going to put our money in here. Right. And, and I it, think it's like, yeah, if everyone decides to buy, you know, a hundred shares of AT&T, not look at it for a long time or hundred shares of whatever, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but I'm just yeah. a, a well-known company, Google, at and yeah, blue chip, something up. like that. Yeah, yeah, and they don't look at it for a long time. That to me is great. Like I, I love that's investing. To do that. Yeah, but when people are like, you know, I'm thinking about like, you no, know, I'm thinking about like 
you know, buying as soon as I, as soon as I see a 5% return selling and then turning around and buying something else that's down 10% on the day. And it's like, so you're now you're just like swing trading, picking winners and losers and trying to, and hoping that they are bouncing off their, their support levels. You know what I mean? So. And when that's like a small portion of the market, that's one thing. But when you have more people doing that and you're basically getting rid of the rules of, I guess, investing where you're not looking at fundamentals, you're not looking at mm-hmm. basically anything. You're just looking at like, I mean, I've done foreign exchange and technical trading. Oh my God. It's, you got to be looking at the thing the entire time. I got out of it because it was, it was a lot of stress. Yeah. (laughs) Technical analysis is tricky. And, and just because the the thing is technicals don't actually have to follow no, like what's really happening? And and think about what technical analysis is. It's market psychology. It's it's timing and psychology. And and timing is a factor of psychology in the markets. But um, no, I mean that's essentially what technical analysis is. Is like you know what? Like we see this stock continuously bounce off of the twenty-one day moving average. Anytime and you hope it won't do that day, again. Yeah, well, you hope it won't or it will. Whatever side yeah. of that trade you're on, like you know, or you know, like hey, every time the stock. The, the sixth time it hits its 21 day moving average, it blows through the bottom of it. Right. And it's like, yeah. that's, that's when you buy your puts. Right. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, I've always done so much better with, cause I've tried technical. I've done okay with that on the foreign exchange, but at the end of the day, the only reason I did that was because I went back to fundamentals. I looked at Canada and I looked at their oil exporter and I'm like, Oh, yeah, okay. There you go. And so- when I, when I did options, I tried doing, I tried a few strategies and I messed those up. And then I just looked at fundamentals. Yeah. For me, it's always fun, been fundamentals. I've been good at fundamentals. Yeah. And yeah. And the thing is an options, like I'll say this and I'm, I'm just coming, this is me. I love options. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a big Pete Nigerian fan. Um, he's the guy on CNBC that does the, him and his brother do unusual activity all the time on CNBC. Um, I got it. I got to get that. Dude. I finally got. I finally got to start streaming it like this week. Nice. I I, I watch CNBC every day. Um, like all day every. Day. Um, I, I I got a TV set up for it. I just haven't gotten. To- yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think it's on Fidelity. Um, but mm-hmm. I know on Think or Swim, TD Ameritrade. Uh, like well, if you have, if you have, yeah, if you have Think or Swim, like you can watch CNBC, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. You might have to have five hundred dollars in the account or something like that. I don't know, but you can just watch it for free, right? Yeah, so, I'll figure that one out. Yeah, but I have enough trading accounts that I can throw one at something. Right. Yeah. So anyways, like it's, you know, I love options, but I'll say this about options. It's for the most part, it's pure gambling. Um, There's it's there's ways you can put the odds in your favor with options. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just like with different legs and like butterflies and strategy and and condors like saddles and stuff like that right yeah and spreads you know like me personally like i you know i know what a condor is i know how to place that order i would i've never done it before Mm -hmm. um you know i i do do a lot of spreads so i i I guess technically i've done half of a condor um half of a half of a long condor um so i've technically I've, i've done a condor um but um no, but it really, I think options are gambling. And the reason why it is is because there's, there's a time, there's, there's a yeah. day in which this contract expires. And I've if got, it doesn't reach, yeah. No, you keep going. Well, and yeah, and if, it, if the momentum isn't there before then, or if it doesn't reach that price before the day. Oh, if you don't get like close to it. Unless you're on the short side of it. But at the same time, yeah. 
No, you got to get close to. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, if I buy like, you know, let, let's just take a look at Apple just because it's a stock we all know and love. Right. Mm-hmm. So Apple's trading at 147. If I bought an Apple 170 contract that expires tomorrow and the stock goes from 147 to 168 tomorrow, my contract won't be of any value. It won't, it won't really increase in value because there's no Delta. Yeah. Um, not to get into the Delta variant of COVID, but there's no Delta in the contract. <laughs> there's so, no sickness in the care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, th- that's the main thing with, with options. Like, you know, you just kind of, you had to know things like Delta, Theta and how and why it makes sense. Open interest is a big one that I think everybody needs to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, how do you do spreads? Why do spreads exist? Why do, why do options? Like yeah. the fundamental thing for like, you it is interesting to find out like why they started, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. So my, the story I heard out options started was because of real estate. Now I could be wrong on this one, but. I heard it was because of real estate contracts. Um, someone wanting to buy land, but not buy it now. And they wanted to buy it six months from now because they're waiting for the results of a test to come in on the land, right? So that's what I heard it, it came from. And then someone decided to apply it to stocks. Um, and it's a great, like options for hedging strategy is the, is amazing. If you're using it as oh, a hedging yeah. strategy, you're not gambling. You're, you're mm-hmm. protecting yourself. Um, so I think options you really are hedging the- strategy, yeah, it's amazing. Like I was thinking about do it with RM and I actually put some in because I got to be honest, I was, I was, I was like 90% of me is saying they're going to be, but 10% of me is going, you've been wrong before. So, uh, and I did put right. in, uh, I put in a few contracts for puts. Oh, you bought some puts to get, uh, against well, I RM tried to, your- I, I put in some orders. They and did it, not it didn't reach the limit price. Yeah, it didn't. Oh. And so I saw that at four o'clock. I'm like, okay. So we're well, going I mean, into not, this blind. Like, well, I mean, it's not a, like to me, like the, the tough thing is like, especially in Europe, you don't have this problem in Europe because in Europe, you can't exercise before expiration. You have to wait till expiration. Right? Really? The only thing you could, yeah. The only thing you could do is sell it before expiration. Right. So, I know that. All right. yeah. So like if, if, like, if you buy a contract and it's in the money and you're like, mm-hmm. it's going to go back down after this, you, you just have to sell the contract. Yeah. Um, that sucks. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, like yeah. personally, I mean, if you're I still was making long, money. Right. I mean, if I was long a contract, like, and it was in the, like, no, not long a contract. If I was long a call specifically, mm-hmm. um, and it was in the money, I don't want it to exercise. I don't want to exercise it. Right. Cause I don't want to, like, what if I don't have that buying power in my, in my account? That's then true. now, now I'm in a debit call. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and the thing is, the nice thing is like, there's ways like, so like, let's just say you like, uh, this is a little secret in case you guys didn't know. Uh, I'm, I'm letting all of your viewers know about this, mm-hmm. but, and I haven't even mentioned this on Drunkonomics, but so let's just say if you're in a situation where you're long a call option, mm-hmm. right? And if it expires one cent in the money, you have to exercise. That's, that's the way it happens. You can do, you can call in and try and see if uh, you can keep the contract from exercising, but it, let's just say like you have a contract and it's $2 in the money. Right. And you bought it for 50 cents. So you're like, I'm making 150 bucks on it. Right. Like if it exercises, not at the end of the world, but like, there's a way you can get around it. Like if you, if you place limit order to sell the option before um, close and it never reached that limit price. And now all of a sudden the market has closed and you can't get rid of the contract. And now you're going to get exercises against, and now it's going to put your account in a debit call. What you could do is you could short the stock still after market. So you just short it at the market, 
right? If it's $2 in the money, you, you have a short, now you open short, you buy the stock at the specified strike price, right? So, you, mm-hmm. so you're still making your money, right? So you're shorting mm-hmm. it at the market price, which is okay. $2 in the money. So you make, so, so you short it there and then you buy it back at the strike price. Mm-hmm. And then you call it even, right? So now you have no. Oh, I get what you're account. saying. Okay. So it's yeah, it's called a counter trade when, when yeah your options expire in the money. You don't want it to exercise, but you can't put a do not exercise thing on it or whatever it is. I've so heard of like a variation. Well, not a variation, but something that it reminds me of that. Where like if someone wants to basically do, I guess you'd call it a block trade or something. Where like they want to get rid of a lot of shares, but they don't want them on the op- open market. So they'll use options yeah. to basically liquidate them and they'll take like a small haircut here. How, how, how did they, I, I'm not quite sure how that works. To be honest they do like know. a, I think it's like a covered call or something and they'd sell it for like a little bit more. Oh, so they sell, so they sell a covered call, like they sell a covered call that's in the money technically. Yeah. And so they lose a little bit. So you're not losing yeah, everything. Yeah. You're not losing everything. You're only losing like a tiny amount, but you get because- yeah options aren't the same as being on the market. So you're not moving a shit ton on the market and affecting the volume and making mm-hmm. your price. Like if you only want to like, say you were someone like Bill Gates and you had a ton of some stock and you like want to move stock. like, yeah, you want to move like half of it, but you didn't want, or like even like 10% of whatever he had, but you didn't want to screw with the rest of his wealth or anything like that. So you'd like do an op- do something through options like that where- yeah, because it's not recorded, the volume on options is not recorded on the open well, market that well, I know well, of. Well, so options volumes are recorded. Um, oh, okay. As as far as the stocks exercise, like if you know if if an option contract is exercised, I don't know mm-hmm. if that counts as a hundred. Like I don't know if that'll adjust the daily volume of the underlying stock. I don't okay, know that if may it have, would. That may have been it. It may have been something about because, exercise, or it might have been like someone buying the contract or something. Yeah, because options, options, like volume, like options, sorry. Yeah. But volumes for, but yeah, but volumes for options are definitely recorded. I mean, I mean, there's option statistics everywhere. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. I mean, I've been wrong. I mean, I don't, yeah, yeah, no worries. (laughs) I mean, I don't, I, to be honest with you, I'm not quite sure you're like, the concert you're talking about, but I think I think I have an idea of it. Was something about how they move them through using options and like they basically sell it so someone could exercise it now. They'd take a small haircut and it may not be recorded on the average volume, or it may be like whenever they exercise it, they know they're gonna lose it, but it's gonna be at this price. Yeah. And it's like set to expire a couple of weeks from now or something like that. So that way it's not like when they sold it. It's not affecting their stock. It's something like that. Yeah. I read I mean, the book I, a while I, ago. Yeah. It, uh, it sounds like, it sounds kind of weird just because I feel like if you sell a cover call in the money, you're selling some time value with that. Too. It may have, it may you have been I mean? like a put or something like that below what oh, if you bought it, if you bought it below, in the money put. Yeah. It was or, like below what theirs is. Like, well, if you bought it, yeah. it, it would make it would make more sense if you bought it in the money put because what you're doing is you're giving the other investors some time. You're like you're giving them. Yeah. Like, anytime you buy an option, you're, there's time value baked into the contract, mm-hmm. whether it's a lot or a little. Like if it's expiring tomorrow, today's Thursday. Contracts used on stocks expire on Fridays. Mm-hmm. You know, a put would make a, a lot contract, more sense. Yeah, if I'm buying a contract for that expires tomorrow, like there's no time value, obviously. But if I bought a mm-hmm. contract that expires in January, I'm gonna pay a heavy premium just because of the time value, right? So oh, I've done that. 
Me too. So. <laughs> Leaps and bounds. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice, nice, nice little, uh, nice pun there. Leaps. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening. Due to editing, we're going to be breaking this interview up into a few segments. So if you enjoyed listening, please stay tuned and have a great day. Bye-bye.